Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. All through the book of James, he's talked about suffering, right? And whenever he talks about suffering, he says the same thing. He never talks about how to alleviate it. He always talks about how to handle it, how to respond to it in a godly way. Persevere, right, in your faith. But now, when it comes to the suffering of sickness, it's all about how to get relief and nothing about how to respond and persevere. He doesn't say, if you're sick, have faith or have perseverance. He says, if you're sick, seek healing. Why the change? What's different about sickness? Is it more important for you to be delivered from physical illness than it is to be delivered from other kinds of suffering? If you have a financial problem, persevere. If you have a relational problem, persevere. If you got some kind of emotional problem, persevere. But if you have a physical problem, seek healing. Is that the message of the New Testament? And if so, why? Let's start with the question of why James treats sickness differently than other suffering. Let's do a little bit of theology of suffering here. I, did, I looked up this last week every verse in the Bible that I could find where it refers to either sickness or healing, which is a lot. There's hundreds of verses. It's amazing how much the Bible talks about that. And one thing that I can't really summarize at all, but, but one thing that became very clear right off the bat is there's a, there's a very clear and very frequent connection in Scripture between physical sickness and healing and spiritual sickness and healing. You see that a lot. Physical wellness and and healing are very often connected in Scripture to faithfulness to God. And in the sacrificial system, disease is very often used as an illustration of sin. Not that it's sinful in itself, but it's an illustration of sin, which is why those people that had certain diseases were ceremonially unclean. They couldn't approach God. They couldn't go inside the temple. It was a picture. I counted... Over 40 times when the word healing is used to refer to spiritual restoration. The most famous, of course, is Isaiah 53, 5, by his wounds we are healed. Peter, we know that's talking about spiritual healing because Peter quotes it in a spiritual context in 1 Peter 2, 24. In Isaiah 57, 17, God says, I was enraged by his sinful greed. That's a spiritual issue. And then verse 18, but I've seen his ways and I will heal him. I'll guide him and restore comfort to him. So, so those are some examples of, of healing lingo attached to spiritual issues. The ravages of sin on the soul are compared to physical sickness because the effect that sin has on your inner man is similar to the effect that disease has on your body. It weakens you. I mean, when you get sick, what happens? It weakens you, it brings pain and misery, and it messes up your system, right? It makes your body not function the way it's supposed to function. That's exactly what sin does to your soul. It makes you weak, it makes you miserable, and it it messes you up and your soul gets dysfunctional. Things don't work. Your soul is supposed to work a certain way, and it doesn't. Your desires are supposed to work a certain way, they get all messed up. Your desires get messed up, your attitudes get messed up, your perspectives get messed up, your thought patterns get messed up, your reactions to things, your your affections, what you love, what you hate, it all gets messed up It gets it, by the disease of sin. That's what, that's what God teaches us by comparing physical illness to sin. So whenever you get the flu... 
or you break a bone or you have arthritis pain or cancer or bad back or knee or, or bad eyesight or hearing or whatever. All of that is designed to teach us the, something about the effect that sin has on the inner man. What this disease, what this injury is doing to my body, that tells me something about what sin is doing to my soul. That's why Jesus said, that's why he, he did so many healing miracles, is to teach this. See, when, I mean, think about this. When Al- Almighty God comes into, uh, into the world and, and becomes human flesh, and then he, he needs to prove that he's God, right? So he's going to do all these miracles to prove who he is, and so, so what does he do? Think about what you would do. If, if you're trying to prove that you're God, what kind of miracles would you think would be the best to prove that? I mean, he could have done anything. He could have just rearranged the stars every day, made the sun go the other way, or whatever. You know, um, he could have he, he could have called millions of angels and come down and do everything he asked. He could have taken Mount Hermon, thrown it into the Dead Sea, anything he wanted. What did he do? Jesus did do some miracles to show his control over the creation, but by far the vast majority of his miracles were what? Healing. That's there's a reason for that. The Messiah came into this world to, for restoration, spiritual restoration and salvation, and he symbolized that by essentially banishing physical illness from Israel during the time of his ministry. So, so that's kind of a theology of suffering and sickness and, and healing. With all that background, James 5 starts to make sense, doesn't it? Because we can see here, he's not hopscotching around with random ideas and topics. Throughout the book, James has been exposed. What's he been doing? Just exposing one spiritual malady and sickness and disease after another. One problem after another after another. He's exposed them all. He's diagnosed them all. And now, at the end of the book, he's, he's giving us the remedy. We established that the last two weeks. And if you look closely, you'll see that what he does in this section here is he starts with physical healing and, and, and restoration and then gradually moves to spiritual healing and restoration. So that's why there's so much trouble. Sometimes people say, which is it? Is this about physical or is it about spiritual? And they, they struggle because there's, you can make strong arguments for both. And here's why. It's because he starts physical and moves to spiritual. Look at verse 14. He says, is any one of you sick? Now that word, I looked up that word sick and it means sick. Okay. I tried to, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean spiritual uh, weakness unless it's attached to some modifier. It just, it's just the common word for sickness. Uh, that's, it's always used that way in the Gospels. This is where James gets his, his terminology. And, so the, and the picture here is not only of physical sickness, but it seems to be a pretty severe illness because the guy seems to be bedridden he has to summon the he can't go to the elders he has to summon them to come to him that implies i think that he's he's bedridden and it says they're praying over him it's the only place in the whole bible where you see this phrase to pray over it's an unusual phrase and so it seems like he's he's in a bed and then it says the lord will raise him up and and that's the same phrase used throughout the gospels when jesus would heal people and literally get them up on their feet like Peter's mother-in-law had the fever in bed and he took her hand and got her up on her feet. So, so he's talking about physical illness in verse 14. Verse 15, he says, if he has sinned. If he sinned, which means maybe he didn't sin. And again, that points to it must be a physical illness because if it's a spiritual illness, why would he say if he has sinned? It seems like sin would be involved if it's a spiritual problem. 
And, and the only other place where we have anointing with oil connected with healing is in, in, in a passage about physical healing. It's Mark 6.13. They drove out many de- demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So talking about physical healing. So I don't think there's any way around that. There's no way around the fact that it's physical healing, physical sickness, physical restoration in verse 14. But I think... It's just as clear that even though he starts with the physical, he moves gradually more and more towards the spiritual as he goes through this passage. And and, and you can see that bit by bit. The word translated sick down in verse 15 is actually a different word for sickness. It's the word weary. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, And that's the kind of word you would expect to go with spiritual problems, spiritual weariness or discouragement. And then when verse, in verse 15, uh, it says he'll be made well. That's the word sozo, Greek word sozo. It's a normal Greek word for salvation. He'll be saved. And that kind of hints towards that James might be talking about something more, some, not just physical, but also spiritual. Especially because of the conclusion that he draws in verse 16. Because in verse uh, 15, it, he says, if he sinned, by verse 16, he's totally focused on confession of sins. He says, therefore, and then his only conclusion is, confess your sins. And so he's moving more in that direction, because confession of sins, we know that's spiritual, right? And then by the time you get down to verses 19 and 20, it's 100% spiritual restoration and zero physical. There's no trace of any physical aspect at all in verses 19 and 20. It's all spiritual. So it's a gradual movement. And if we look at the passage that way, it makes perfect sense in the context. Because at the end of the book of James is all about spiritual solutions to these spiritual problems, right? Restoration. And and so what we have here, it's all about spiritual restoration as illustrated through physical healing. Okay? That's why God wants to heal you physically. And that's why... So I, I would say the answer is yes. Being healed physically is different than other kinds of suffering. God wants to give you all kinds of blessings, but especially physical healing and health. There's something special about that because that's what God has chosen to illustrate spiritual restoration. Now, there's reasons why. There's sometimes we God doesn't heal and, and, and sickness, and we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. We'll talk about why that is. But for now, just see, there is something special about physical healing. The last time I went hunting, I saw some deer just outside my range as a marksman. I took several shots, but missed. My hearing is already bad, and I thought, man, I I probably just took several more years off the lifespan of what's left of my hearing, taking all those shots without any ear protection. It's disheartening to realize you just did something that caused long-term damage to your body. But it's worse to do long-term damage to your soul. And we do that more often than we realize. Just as you might not notice the damaging effects of gunshots on your ears until decades later, the long-term spiritual damage of sin isn't always immediately obvious, but it's a lot more serious. As you go through your day today, Try to let every physical weakness or ache and pain teach you something about spiritual wellness or sickness. Meditate on it. See if you can gain some insights about why righteousness is so good for you. 
draw me near to you, Lord. My sin has torn me to pieces, but you can heal me. You have injured my soul. Bind up my wounds. Revive me. Restore me that I may live in your presence. I will acknowledge you. I will press on to know you. As surely as the sun rises, you will appear. You will come to me like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth, and you will heal me. I know I can only ask for these things because the Lord Jesus Christ took up my infirmities on the cross and bore my sorrows. It's only by his stripes that I can be so bold as to ask you for healing after I've damaged my own soul by rebelling against your word. Thank you, Father, for giving your Son for me. Teach me not to lean on my own understanding, but to trust in you with all my heart and to acknowledge you in all my ways. Teach me not to be wise in my own eyes, but to fear you and shun evil so that you so that you will bring health to my body and nourishment to my bones. Only in nearness to you does my soul thrive. Teach me to long for that inner health and wellness and to fear anything that inflicts spiritual disease or permanent damage. You are the source of life. Give me abundant life that I might ever rejoice in you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.